Your support helps us bring fresh voices, new voices, and credible voices. Support Mind Podcast by clicking on support the Mind Podcast link on mind.net. You can also write to us at info at mind.net about any other way you would like to support Mindmakers. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia and together with me is Pramod Kumar Borovalli. Hi, Pramod. How's Hi. it going? Uh, on a very hot day from Houston. Yeah. Uh, Sunanda is missing on this podcast. She is off for a week um, in the Doklan sector defending the India against Chinese. I'm kidding. No, she's uh, uh, taken off on a well-deserved break for a week. Eating, so, sa- eating Chinese? Eating... <laughs> Eating Chinese or eating Dhokla? Yeah. <laughs> you take a pick. <coughs> anyway, so, but we are here. The show must go on. So the Mind Podcast will go on this week. Um, lots to talk about. The riots in West Bengal. The ter- terrible thing that happened. Uh, that sparked off from a Facebook post in Basirat and the liberal lack of outrage or something over it. Um, there was this uh, Modi's visit to Israel. My God, I mean, wasn't that a big, uh, glamorous oh. visit? I mean, if you saw Netanyahu's Twitter timeline, all you saw was about the Indian Prime Minister coming up and stuff. And so yeah. it was... Uh, Modi, uh, Modi Baba raided uh, Israelis, uh, just the way the Israelis raided Entebbe back in the <laughs> 70s. Only, but he was received by with hugs now. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm very positive. Uh, this it's was a very, great visit. A great visit. In oh. fact, I was, uh, oh. j- just, you know, just, uh, and we'll talk about this in detail, but I was just uh, leading, reading a couple of uh, lefty websites, just, just to see how much is the burn level. And they were like, ki, um, we should just look at it as transactional web visit, transactional, kuch nahi, trans- so whatever amongst the whole thing, they could not find a single critical point. So I was like, if the left can't find a critical point, Modi has done a phenomenal job. I mean, I don't think any Indian Prime Minister has uh, probably been welcomed so well. I mean, there's no Israel, but what I mean was, I've never seen an Israeli Prime Minister talking so positively about an Indian Prime Minister and stuff like that in the last 20 years. So, of course, in the Manmohan Singh years, he probably, the Congress wanted us to move away from Israel again. But mm, that has been consistent with... Uh, he broke the Nehruvian consensus on Israel as well. Hmm. So, this is again a momentous visit hmm. with uh, de-hyphenation of Israel and Palestine, which was required. You cannot... Hmm. You cannot I mean, the United States does that all the time. If you go to uh, Pakistan, you somehow um, do a small little side trip to Afghanistan and then back, uh, mm. you know, just to assuage the feelings. This is the first time he did not, st- an Indian Prime Minister did not uh, talk about Palestine, mm. you know, or for that matter, <coughs> even discuss. Uh, and, and it's an interesting part that you bring because I actually, and we are carrying a piece in a few hours by Sunanda Vashisht uh, on this because she's not stopped writing on this, although she's on a break. I told her actually to talk about this. Uh, we were talking and we were just discussing just ki, uh, this Kashmir thing, Palestine thing, how they, you know, compare like yeah. uh, the violence and stuff and what's going on. Um, and I'm not going to reveal much, but read. It's a phenomenal piece and she has just argued so well about the point you were making, you know, the side trip business and stuff like that. Yeah. So anyways, we are going that. Um, and the last thing which we were going to discuss about is a little bit about US politics, but I want to, and I want to bring in a New York Times piece actually, uh, that I just read this morning. It was written by an advisor to Bill Clinton about how the liberals need to come to the center and how this applies to uh, liberals everywhere. Um, but let, let's talk, let's talk about this. The deep, uh, the deep state spoke. The deep state spoke because they are losing every election. 
and they are not going to win anything the way they are going. So, anyways, let's start with Modi in Israel. So, um, I think you know Netanyahu summed it up the best when he said, "Aapka swagat hai mere dost. We've been waiting you for a long time, almost seventy years." That was so symbolic that an Indian prime minister for a country that has helped us in the sixty-two war. Yeah. Because you know uh, Sudhendra Kulkarni, the who considers himself as the apostle of peace uh, right now. Uh, I mean, I'm, I don't think take take him seriously, but he thinks that he takes himself very seriously. Apostle or apostate? Apostate. वो जो भी है. And apparently, L K Advani took him very seriously in 2009. Uh, he was his campaign director or something, yeah. right? Yeah. So, anyways, um, he tweeted something about that. Uh, is will Israel help against uh, China and X Y Z and whatever? So V P Malik actually wrote a piece in the Indian Express, not uh, against Sujinder Kulkarni or something, but he said that in Israel did help India oh, yeah. against China in the sixty oh, two yeah. war. But what did Nehru give? <coughs> I have always Nothing. been saying this, for, you know, as a reader of history, that there are three countries that have stood with India, independent India that we know today: hmm. Japan, Israel, and Russia. There are no other countries that. I mean, you can't even put them in number one, two, or three spots. They have jointly, collectively, wholly, and mutually. You know, in in terms of uh, uh, not in competing terms, but wholeheartedly supported India because they believed that the existence of India was good for mankind. Unlike many other countries, which did not. So you are saying it's it's more of a uh, civilizational connect. Absolutely, Adit. Absolutely, there is a civilizational connect. Naturally, for Japan and India, there is uh, India is the mother to Japan. Uh, for Israel, we have competing civilizations, very respectful and healthy competition for the past twenty five hundred years because Israel has given birth hmm. to many cultures and many religions <coughs> are, uh, that stand today. Hmm. But the core religion, the main genesis uh, of uh, the Abrahamic faiths, happened, uh, uh, you know, in Israel, uh, the Judaic faith, hmm. and they have had a very healthy sort of a relationship with India. Although ideologically, hmm. if you look at it, there. Exactly polar opposites. Mm. The Abrahamic faiths and the Brahmic faiths, or the Indic faiths, as we call them today, are ex- there is no similarity to what they are. But at the principal pole level, there is many commonalities today in this world that we inherit mm. between the Judaic faith and Hinduism and Jainism, the oldest faiths uh, from India. Mm. Uh, and there is commonality of purpose and commonality of existence because. You look at the speech that Ben uh, Benjamin Netanyahu made when he said, "When I, I sit on a yogic posture and I turn left, all I see is in India," and that is a geographical juxtapositioning of amazing. This is this was a superbly made speech both by the Prime Minister uh, Modi and also Netanyahu. This was just like, oh my God! Because it's the same uh, thing with India, right? You uh, go on the West, the closest this, ally you have is Israel. This is Modi at his best. This is why I I really like. The position India is in today, because nobody wants India to go down. Because if you look at the hostile neighborhood that even hmm. Israel lives in, or whatever countries you you can analyze, the only ray of hope comes via democracy. Hmm. You know, you have to give voice to the people. If you crush uh, a certain section, the section will revolt. There is no way any wars can be war with a hostile section of. Population still fighting wars and wars and wars. You know that is why. No, but let me tell you something. There are two points that I want to make, and you made a very interesting point. First was, um, I, so I was reading Tavlin Singh's book, not I mean, quite a uh, while back. Uh, it was I, I forget it if it was Darbar or India's Great Trist, where she said that Vajpayee, Vajpayee actually lost out on the. Um, capital th- the she had but the once one time she heard him speak his mind was at the 1998 at the vaga border 
when he spoke the you know wo samjho wo bus leke gaya tha and stuff he spoke his heart at that time did you have a similar moment that modi wanted to really be in israel so it was him said, speaking from his heart he it looked like it he was at ease it many people commented uh, the commentaries that were uh, i was following quite a few groups oh. were all talking about the the disconnect or some sort of a he didn't feel at uh, the, the people felt that he was not at ease even in washington dc oh. but the moment he landed in israel it was almost like another state of india you know he started <laughs> talking about uh, how the connect, you know cultures are connected because there's some admiration mm. for not mm. just for modi but anything and everything indian today because mm. just like israel has stood with india mm. india has also silently stood there is many examples mm. I, i i will t- tell that and reveal that in due course of how <coughs> india has also sided and we although publicly posturing and talking about pal- palestinian cause uh, we have stood with israel through thick and ha so we want to talk about that in a, in a second but very interesting and let me bring up question of a us right so you said three countries which have stood by india russia japan and israel, israel right? right so with israel us shares a love love relationship with japan love hate and with russia hate hate so matlab nowadays i don't know but historically oh, you know <laughs> you saw the bromance between uh, <laughs> that's Trump what i'm saying nowadays i don't know you don't know that and, <laughs> and and japan still kotos the american line because it needs america to ha, so that's what i'm saying love hate relationship so all three mm. are independent nations they have their own independent foreign policies but when it comes to india there is a convergence there is a convergence yes so uh, nobody wants india to be pulled down and be a factor of instability whether mm. it is modi or indira gandhi or for that matter any strong indian leader oh. there will be support coming uh, in so, from this so this is a good point let's um, pause for like a second here and then pramod is going to talk about where israel helped out and then how this transpires with what's happening in the indo china border right now so pramod is going to regale us with this interesting story he has about israel helping india so israel was also a part you know the history of israel's independence movement mm. it was a protectorate of the the british empire also during the time when the nation of israel had not been created it was only created within days of india's independence movement in 1948 mm. uh, but the common intelligence apparatus of uh, the british protectorate of israel and the uh, the british uh, provinces in mm. india there there was common exchange of intelligence there was always that kind of uh, uh, you say you say you can say it as collaboration between mm. the two mm. protectorates you can uh, mm. call india as one protectorate uh, israel as another when they became free india had not fully become a part of the soviet uh, bloc it had only become that part when they when we, when we signed the indo russian friendship treaty in the indo soviet friendship treaty in the 1970s by indira gandhi mm, mm. until that time india and that really, was after the 71 war india really followed a non aligned movement the nehruvian diktat of non alignment started in the 50s went on till the 60s even during the early years of indira gandhi uh, gandhi's prime ministership mm. our political pragmatism was to stay neutral between russia and america but mm. then <coughs> when you have such a huge momentous problem in in, in uh, bangladesh it had to take sides and thereby now we are we are uh, we, we are now considered to be a socialist nation because of that one decision that indira gandhi took but the security collaboration was always there even during the 1962 war with china then the 1965 war with pakistan because remember pakistan used to send its fighter pilots in the arab israel wars mm. many people forget that pakistani pilots were shot down in the golan 
uh, and in in the Sinai Peninsula, in the Arab-Israel War, the 1967-60 Arab-Israel War, mm -hmm. in the 1973 Yom Kippur War, also Pakistan sent its fighter pilots to man the mix that uh, the Egyptian <laughs> and the Syrian Air Force were running. So these were these were pilots on hire. Okay. So Israel always has a great institutional memory. Mm -hmm. You know whether you Israel is no, and more than Israel, it's Mossad. Mossad and is, Mossad is, is far bigger than the deep state, like Mossad is the deep state in Israel. You can be rest assured when I say this that Mossad has been one of the organizations based on which the image of Ra was created by Rameshwar Nath Kao. Kao would not have created this as an image of MI5 or MI6 or CIA or even KGB mm. because those organizations had ideological supporters and countries in which you can post these uh, yeah. agents. How will India post when you don't have uh, that many friends, you are a new nation. Same goes with Israel. Israel had limited capability to post its agents because anti-Judaism was not only an Islamic uh, sort of uh, ideological doctrine, Adit, but also a Christian doctrine. Only in the 1940s and 50s did the West en masse embrace Judaism. Mm. Until that time, Jews were actually persecuted, um, persecuted more in Europe than in uh, Middle East. Middle East, right? That's true. So the institutional memory based on which Mossad was built and the other organizations that uh, did the covert activities, mm -hmm. the subversive mm -hmm. activities, mm -hmm. was what was uh, the basis for formation of RAW away from IB. Yeah. IB, let me finish. Uh. IB was a vestige of the British Empire. Intelligence Bureau when Mr. Malik started it, they were, were very good officers, there is no question about it. But the structure of it was very sleuth-like, where it was a police-like. RAW today is a very effective intelligence organization, again back under Modi. It had, it, you know, it had its uh, slowdowns from the 1997 uh, till, let us say, to 2014, under almost Gujarat. 20 years. Almost 20 years we lost key assets. but. It is on the way back. I, I need to ask you something about Raw, but um, let me first take this point that you said about Israel. That and and I, I think and Raman. No, no, also. Uh, no. Raman talks about this in the Cowboys of Raw, not completely on the face of it, but you can read in between the lines about how Rameshwarnath Kao created uh, Raw. And stuff. There was a free offer from the Israelis to bomb Kahuta out to the Stone Ages in the 1970s itself. Mm. Indira Gandhi did not make a political decision and then Morarji Desai came and screwed it up. Morarji Desai considered him consider him to be the worst Prime Minister India has seen, even mm. worse than Manmohan Singh because he called up General Jawaharlal ah, and ended up uh, getting all of our raw agents killed in Pakistan. That mm. is how foolish this man was. At that same time, Israel had had a standing offer that we know that something is afoot in Kahuta, in the KRL uh, laboratories. Mm -hmm. We can bomb it from, uh, if you only give us the airspace mm. and we can launch the aircraft. Because remember, the daring operation they did in Entebbe, ah. they had superb capabilities to do so. But India did not take a political decision. So there are specific helps. You know, even during the Kargil war, uh, even during the Kargil war, India did not have the parts, the, yeah. the parts that were able to uh, clearly uh, seek and destroy using the, the, the laser, laser parts that were yeah, embedded yeah. into the Mirage aircraft, uh, right? Uh, uh, you remember those Mikodhalo uh, and those peaks that were getting bombarded by Mirage aircraft, uh, right? Uh, uh, that happened only when Israel came in and retrofitted those aircraft with the technology. These are French aircraft, yeah, Mirage, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, and France has always been the backyard of Israel yeah. forever. And Israeli uh, technicians came over, 
retrofitted these uh, laser pods onto Mirage aircraft. That's where pinpointedly all those peaks were bombarded. We won the war. <laughs> on, on, on a lighter note, now the Rafale deal doesn't seem so bad, does it? No, it is not because. <laughs> no, no, I know because you said the French aircraft. That's no, but uh, so um, what you said about Israel and uh, this was very interesting. I thought ki. So what, 70 years say, this has been going on and... Uh, Under wraps. Covert, yeah. yeah. So finally there was some overt uh, understanding or stuff. What beats me completely is, why was this urge, why was it... Because I, I would not even call it Nehruvian uh, non-alignment. I would call it Nehruvian utopia. About no, 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 no. This is the pseudo-secularism part. Um, so Advani, we... Advani coined it appropriately. The oh. pseudo part is... Assuming that Indian Muslims would be angry if we have foreign friendship with Israel. It, How can you be angry on Israel, uh, India, when you are friends with Israel, but when you are uh, friends with America, the great Saturn? No, right? and, and, and that I, is the dichotomy I, 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 of Nehruvian. So part. when you hear this uh, legends like uh, Asaduddin Obaisi and Shahid Siddiqui, I use legends uh, with about three quote, quotation marks, uh, talking on TV about why, uh, why Indian Muslims might not feel if you are betraying Palestine. Why, if you are acting in India's interests, why would Indian Muslims feel betrayed? Are the biggest Indian Muslim ever born in free India, Abdul Kalam, went to Israel multiple times and brought all the technologies that were required from Israel. What yeah. these? Uh, I, I'm uh, laughing because he, didn't, didn't Sunanda say uh, Abdul Kalam was a good Indian and a bad Muslim? Uh, no, I <laughs> and your OACs are footnotes. No, that's, that's what she said. When it comes to serious that's people like said. Sayyad Atta, Atta Hasne, yeah, yeah. Uh, your real patriots, Abdul Kalam. It's Indian not about Muslims real patriots also. Low. I'm saying that who the hell makes Asaduddin OIC as a representative of the, Indian Muslims? The biggest persecution of Jews happened by Europeans. No, no. No less than Javed Akhtar said on in this uh, uh, in, the, in his speech in the parliament that I don't leader of them, Hyderabad ke mohalle ke leader hai. I know. I, 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 see, that is where Congress erred in its pseudo-secularism and the hypocrisy hmm. that they assumed that Indian Muslims would get angry, they would not vote for them if we opened up our uh, relationship that was under the table uh, and uh, brought it out open. By the way, the credit to coming out in the open with the relationship goes to a Congress Prime Minister again. It was Nasimara. Nasimara. Are, why do you Congress Prime Minister? Bolte ho? BJP will be offended. The BJP Modi Bhaks will be offended. I am not BJP Prime Minister. He was India's first right of center Prime Minister. I am a Nasimara Bhakt, I am a Modi Bhakt. I, I will tell you there is no difference between Nasimara and Modi. But I think he was a half lion. As Vinay Sitapati said, because he was a quintessential congressman in Congress. So, although he wanted to step out of the Congress mode, he didn't completely step out of it. Call, call him a quintessential politician. He was brought, he was a, he was a failure prime, uh, chief minister. Mm -hmm. He was brought onto mm -hmm. the national stage by Indira Gandhi. Indira Gandhi nurtured him. He was the home And minister. on a lighter note, he appointed probably the worst Gujarati to worst Gujarati CM to be the external affairs minister of India, that is Madhusi Solanki. For him, I'm like, I don't know what the hell no, to but, do. But who, who has been a good external affairs minister? I say I'm joking. I, I, all I'm telling you is, yeah. if there is a vision of India that gets reflected, huh. you get a puppet as an uh, external affairs minister. Today, Shushma Swaraj is not a puppet, but you can see the stamp of... Uh, Narendra Modi and Ajit Doval all over these uh, forays that she is making. Hmm. Do you think Sushma Swaraj is acting independently that this is a mega ministry like uh, UK? No, no, no. Everything is done in the image of Narendra Modi. Hmm. Sushma Swaraj is so good and gracious that she is carrying forward that vision. That's a different hmm. story. I am just telling, go, coming back to this Israel thing. Hmm. 
there has always been a huge narandal and garandal debate within the congress also you can't you can't deny the fact manishankar ayer for all we know was a rabid hindu in the 1980s otherwise this whole opening of of ram janmabhoomi uh, he says it was arun nehru and not him oh he is a liar uh, manishankar ayer is a liar no i am just saying that uh, uh, they are all politicians you know politicians change track as per the the season available to them uh-huh. but the good thing that india has come with this visit the three day visit uh-huh. apart from the technology the agriculture the cooperation in uh, water conservation the desalination all the good things and the 40 million dollar innovation fund they jointly mm-hmm. set up is that india has become a very big large nation with the hopes of not just the billions living in india but also the billion billions living outside so india has to have independent relationship with israel independent relationships with iran and also with anybody else that seeks to have an independent relationship with it for the benefit of india and that other country mm-hmm. india does not have an ideological imperative to rule the world mm-hmm. it does not have a ideology it does not have a book or it does not have a dictat from the constitution that we will try to change every country in india's image unlike mm. other countries mm. right mm. so it is a very low hanging fruit for any country to grab on mm. onto and israel has done that very well for the past 70 years you have to give credit to successive administrations from both israel and india that they have nurtured no and, and 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 we have to give credit where it is due vajpayee and ariel sharon re- did redefine india israel relationships l can shout out to lk advani as well who was the first Visited. deputy prime minister uh, to before rajnath singh went to the wailing wall uh, as home minister it was lk advani yeah. went there uh, i don't know if he went to the wailing wall but he went uh, quite, quite a long time back so um, anyways in so india israel relationship has been very complex uh, different parameters and stuff but the bottom line is that there is this is a tectonic shift in indian for no and arun ranganathan summed it up the best on twitter that this is probably the biggest or major overhaul in indian foreign policy that we've ever seen in the last 70 years because even america we still had the blow hot blow cold relationship if america can have a good relationship with saudi arabia and israel jointly and separately and severally mm. why can't india have that absolutely uh, relationship yeah and um, no and, and and i think it was this was a much needed visit and i'm kind of glad that modi did not uh, uh, include palestine in this visit just for the reason is because we can dehyphenate india and israel palestine relationship if we tell everyone else to uh, dehyphenate our relationships with other countries why can't we do the same with others moreover india has always played fair as much as uh, its international capabilities are you india has never been seated at the high table imagine if india were to become a united nations permanent uh, security council member and how fair india can play unlike wow. the others think about that it's a very interesting thought we'll talk about china and other things in the next part before we get to our uh, next topic um, i do want to say that this is mind makers production this mind podcast is brought to you by the mind makers team this uh, podcast is produced and edited by adit kapadia with the help of our team in india the panelists for the um, podcast are adit kapadia pramod kumar buravalli and sunanda vashish which is me so th- there was this riots in riots in west bengal and there was this out in basirat right? yeah. and it was basically a person had some facebook post or something and that was outraged and then there was a muslim mob predominantly muslim mob who attacked uh, shops and stuff and yeah vandalized vandalized huh. so 
and the the poor guy मतलब वो फेसबुक I mean I I don't endorse what he said or anything like that but वो फेसबुक मो पोस्ट yeah that's yeah this is this is uh, where the there has to be some sort of a uh, policy defined as to what constitutes um, and what was the same rule for expression and what constitutes uh, uh, you know hurting uh, the sentiments of a community so this is where again uh, laws are different at a state to state level but this the the, the, the chief minister of west bengal uh, is just an incompetent huh? person when it comes to these communal issues there have been small uh, riots happening uh, all across the uh, india bangladesh border on one side you have uh, sheikh hasina who's doing her best to uh, quash the uh, the militancy in uh, bangladesh Uh, but on the other side you have uh, uh, the chief minister trying to play politics in uh, you know the 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 only thing that you can say at this point in time is that west bengal as a, a cradle of so much of literature and the poetry and the the kind of uh, intellectual heft that uh, bengal um, you know brought to the indian independence movement and even prior to that the reformation movement Uh, the unfortunate output today is that you don't have anything positive coming out of this panel it's no, very unfortunate and sad no and and this incredible appeasement to islamists is just i mean un, I, i don't even know what to say she is making the left look tame yeah and, and that was left, very hard to say look. you can give credit to the left i i saw an interview by mohammad salim uh on ridef where he said and this is a true statement you have you did not hear about communist uh, in the during the communist regime communal violence they used to quash the violence with the iron fist and this lady is a true congressy again a mm. typical pseudo secularist mm. who will basically try to appease the muslim because there's a 27% muslim vote right mm. there mm. and she feels and that the people uh, allege even more i mean yeah. this is yeah, the, even if it is 30% so the, the, that 30% vote is what she is hankering in about and she is going to try to make it look like the majority community is being instigated by the bjp uh, somebody was commenting that the bjp whatsapp groups uh, and the kind of uh, unfortunate uh, reposting of a bhojpuri film i think there is some scene in a bhojpuri film with a, a girl getting molested that was posted by somebody of the haryana bjp cell it cell or something like that all of these incident insinuations uh, my my whole analysis of it of this is that uh, it, this is considered to be a, a, a tipping point because the hindus of uh, bengal for a long time have been feeling agitated there's no question about the cross border sort of influx that comes in from bangladesh those people may or may not like the kind of multicultural multi uh, religious uh, community that we are in india so there is a no but why, why don't we why don't we do some plain speak here and 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 th- and this is the this is the just the fact that the not in my name people uh, so seemingly don't seem to talk about kashmir west bengal and kerala when it comes to their not in my name uh, things and it we are in su- at such a terrible state that uh, lynching is bad all lynchings are bad but we have one side saying that are we will only talk about lynching in five states us dusre mein to hota rehta hai and and west bengal mein kya matlab why do you find contextualizations for anything no and that's where Everything. again the the not in the name brigade the big big bindri brigade as they are called they they don't have that kind of momentum with the 
uh, with the civil society neither do they have any momentum in the political circles they, they're like the the leftists in in america they can only shout and say that they are being persecuted they will never win seats but when com- coming back to this con- the context of the riots that are happening Hmm. If this boy is found to be guilty of trying to say something inflamed sentiments, inflamed sentiments, or say hmm. something bad hmm. against Prophet Muhammad, I think he should be put behind bars. This guy, I mean, there's high level of insensitivity and also um, misinformation and lack of education even in Hindu no, community. I, my, my, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I see again. I cannot endorse somebody doing offensive things or something. I. I'll disagree. I will disagree with him, but my well on freedom of speech. Me and you have disargued on it. I'm, uh, I'm I'm close to absolutism on it. No, but again, freedom of speech should not say tomorrow will the Hindus like it when Lord Krishna is being portrayed negatively. No, right? no I'm not saying that. See, so, that, that so the the problem is I, that I it should have been localized. Hmm. The rampaging Muslim mob should have seen action immediately. See, this is what a typical Congress he does is fester in trouble. Don't act. Let the uh, let the crowds uh, vent their hangama, anger, uh, uh, vent their hanger, anger, and go away. Ye konsa ye ye hai. And and then that's the problem, you know. Uh, him, Mamta Banerjee, and her uh, and her quizmaster don't understand what what's going on. So and if you don't know the quizmaster is, then look at who's defending Mamta. He's Banerjee. a quizical man. <laughs> quizical He's not man. even a quizmaster. He was maybe he was looking up who Ramnath Kovind was because yeah. that's what he seemed to not know. Uh, uh, that is where tough action has to come in from the state governments. You know, uh, uh, growing up in Hyderabad. That no, but let me ask you this. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, we'll go to Hyderabad, but let's. Will do you see Mamta Banerjee being defeated in the future elections to come in West Bengal? It is a very big possibility because the Hindu vote has never come together in West Bengal. Will it? Uh, it might not this time around in 2019 because it's still difficult for all the. Uh, I mean, Gorkha land is a major issue that is facing. Exactly, right I'm now. coming to that. So there is a very big. Again, the problem with the BJP is that it never props up a good leader to take and may be the. Fate. No, and the problem is there are so many internal sabotages that happen in West Bengal. I, we know of so many. I sabotages. know a very good friend of mine, Dr. Anirban Ganguly, who could be a very good intellectual face for the movement in West Bengal, but he is not being prepared for a and state And a chief ministerial candidate, Lupa Ganguly is a good yes, candidate as a there. chief ministerial so, so candidate. So you need to see a good leader who can go up against the leadership. No, and you have to, how long did it take Mamata to dethrone the left? Almost 20 odd years. I am not going to say 34 years because Mamata was not really taken seriously till 80s, late 80s. But almost 20, 20 plus years. So, it's an entrenched ho gaya hai. And all the left cadres have gone to TMC and some have gone to the BJP. And and then you also have the problem in the North Bengal, the Murshidabad area, where Congress is very strong, a big stronghold in those uh, Adhir Ranjan Chaudhary and all these people. Um, this Begum, I don't, I forget her name. There is some Begum from Malda and stuff like that. So because Congress still won four MPs yeah. from West Bengal in 2014 in a Mamata and a Modi wave. Right. So it was very interesting, but what this signals is that the left is probably going to be squeezed out of West Bengal very soon. Uh, it will be Mamta versus uh, BJP, BJP for the foreseeable. And Congress will be the party of the right wing. They're already on the uh, upswing no, right now. In Malda and stuff. And if the BJP does its uh, you know strategy right, it might get a good uh, Lok Sabha seat numbers from uh, West Bengal. I see, they got 17 percent of the vote in 2014 and only two Lok Sabha seats. With right. those numbers, had they focused on maybe they would have gotten four Lok Sabha seats. Who knows? Uh, even if they go to about 25 percent vote vote hmm. share, 
that will take it that is the magical eight, number 8 to 12 mpc no and then from 25 if you gain 1 or 2% you start because it will be a triangular fight in yeah. some state some because place. you still have vestiges of the communists and congress which will try to eat away at the mamta vote bank uh -huh. right especially uh, so in the so malda area and stuff that is why amit shah does an impressive job versus and, rahul gandhi and i see i see potential for bjp in the kolkata area yeah. see kolkata yeah. north and south they should have uh, done better than what they did there are possibilities that even after gorkha land is given if gorkha land is given that gorkha land my, my, uh, west bengal minus gorkha land is also a very big hotbed for a, a sort of uh, you know movement that came from within up you know this movement of yogi adityanath there is always that vestiges of the anushilan samiti left in west bengal although they have turned to be marxist that's very I, I have to say plug one two piece shwetang bhushan did a phenomenal two part series for mind makers on the anushilan samiti anushilan samiti the jugantar and all that uh, part was born after the first partition of west bengal mm. right mm. Of the mm. bengal of uh, yesterday mm. 100 mm. years mm. ago mm. then the anushilan samiti were all uh, they were all put in jail and after, when they were in jail mm. the right wing at that point in time was non existent because if you see the hindu mahasabha and the rss were only born in the 1920s 25 was rss and then later hindu mahasabha could not consolidate as much in west bengal because the core leaders of the anushilan samiti had all turned marxist in exactly. the 1920s and 30s that is the genesis of this marxism in west bengal mm. if today a nationalistic movement is still born because mm. of this changing demography which has become a very big all these uh, babus and all the badraloks are also now firmly becoming hindus <laughs> so this turn can only come when somebody intellectual is projected Hmm. somebody very smart enough to talk the talk and be a bengali nationalist but within the framework of the indian constitution easily bjp can come to power what That's interesting no what is interesting i think is that the reorientation of the opposition by the way nitish kumar is giving a miss to the big opposition something they are doing on tuesday so nitish babu is to he is opposing the opposition बट वो तो नीतीश बाबू की तो वही है ना लाइक टू कोट के सी त्यागी हम तो भाई निराले हैं नीतीश एंड यू नो व्हाट आई थिंक आई थिंक द जेडीयू इज डिवाइडेड इन दिस यू हैव द के सी त्यागी शरद यादव कैंप व्हिच डजंट वांट टू बी सो एंटी ऑपोजिशन एंड आई थिंक नीतीश कुमार नोज दैट व्हाट बीजेपी सेड यू नो दे ड्रेडेड लालू यादवस रेजिडेंस इन दे सेड समथिंग वो नॉट बीजेपी द गवर्नमेंट सेड दैट नीतीश कुमार वाज इनफॉर्मड सो ये हुआ था सो यू सी दैट हैव नीतीश कुमार Do you think expert no, no, but do you think both sides? Because I'll tell you. Do you think Nitish is coming to the NDA? No, he won't come. But but he is projecting himself as an alternative for all these uh, smaller parties. नहीं होगा. I'll tell you why. The man has really done a good job by imposing the prohibition. I am always supportive of anybody who dares to do that. At least dares to do that. No, I disagree and, on prohibition, but that is separate debate. I, I'll tell you, Adit. Huh. In certain states, certain parameters are requested. Required. No, but you can do it. You can do it a limited prohibition where you allow it in certain areas, urban areas, and you prohibit that. Yeah. You, I think this ham-handed approach, I don't agree with. But except for taking support from Lalu Prasad Yadav, have you? heard of anything controversial in this term of nitish kumar he has turned a, uh, a blind eye towards a lot of excesses of lalu prasad yadav no if there is excesses of lalu prasad yadav and he has turned a blind eye what is the bjp doing it is double blind oh, of course bjp i am not at all so, so you can't blame this totally on nitish kumar with this kind of uh, 
కోటోయింగ్ టు లాలు ప్రసాద్ యాదవ్ ఈవెన్ ద బిజెపి కోటోస్ టు దెర్ వాజ్ అన్ ఓపెన్ ఆఫర్ ఫ్రమ్ లాలు ప్రసాద్ Come on, BJP is not Dutka. I am not endorsing the BJP. Uh, I am just saying that... I know, Mani, I, I like Manini Chatterjee's speech. I am just saying that for a welfare state like India, Nitish Kumar is needed. And a, he is a potential opposition leader around which even non-Congress, uh, non-Communist regional forces can align themselves. What is interesting is, and I, I saw people, a lot of commentators in 2009 were projecting Mr. Nitish. Uh, oh, those. To, to quote Mukul Kesavan, Mr. Nitish. But uh, but, but the, the point is, they don't like two state leaders, Modi and Nitish, at, if they were as opponents in the center, because that takes away the halo of the Delhi Latians leader. Anyways, we have to wrap up. So we're coming with the last part in a second. So quickly, I read a piece in the New York Times today written by, I forget the name of the authors, but anyways, it was, uh, I plugged it. It was written by someone closely associated with the Clinton administration. And it was a two authors wrote it. Deep State. Deep (laughs) State. Jovi. (laughs) They said that it's time that the Democrats reclaim the center. Yeah. The Democrats refused sure. to get, they were going typically to the left. You had the Bernie Sanders, Warren, uh, Elizabeth Warren group going to the left. People saying what is so wrong about socialism and stuff like that. And uh, of course, there are some socialist ideas very popular in US. I mean, social security, Medicare, America, like affordable. India is a socialist, um, America is more socialist than India. But then the, the, the hypocrisy over Islamist terrorism, the hypocrisy over some things, like a lot of uh, leftist things. Like, I mean, Linda Sarsour ne jo bola, right? Why does a self-confessed liberal like Gloria Stenheim, who has this crazy feminist position, endorse views of an Islamist like Linda Sarsour or talk, steer the stage? You, the first thing they should do is, yeah, if they are a uh, women's rights march, so you also have to talk about the women's rights under Sharia law in countries, right? If so, no, that is because. The issues that the ideological Democrats, who are the core which used to fix the agenda for the Democrats, are all long gone. You know, Ted Kennedy is no longer there. The people who are really part and parcel, they're all old now. Actually, they're... Nancy Pelosi is on her way out. This is probably her last term as minority. These ideological leaders, uh, you know, the Reeds, the Pelosi's, the Ted Kennedy's are all either gone or are on the retirement front. They don't have any area of approach. For example, the core area of the Democrats used to be EPA. Mm. Remember environmental protection? Mm. Now, this could be a great issue for you to fight Donald Trump. Especially when you have Rick Perry as the secretary. So, so when you have such issues, you don't have the people who are at this point in time, the the tree huggers of mm. the 60s, mm. who could be their potential leaders. There's a very big leadership crisis in the, the Democratic Party because the ideological moorings of the 60s and 70s, those issues don't mm. find resonance with the young uh, uh, crowd. The young crowd is all about uh, college tuition waiver, mm, mm. the college uh, you know uh, fees that are going mm. up. So there are there is there is a potential there, but again without that economic. Uh, uh, prosperity that uh, Donald Trump is talking and uh, See, probably no. also uh, the, the, the recession of the past eight years has taken a toll on all of these policy makers. They cannot talk because the moment you start talking, they talk about economics. I, I have the, the problem is the Democrats are, do you think they are too vested in New York and San Francisco and that's the problem? 
No, they you have the new, new, new York, San Francisco liberals. The new, new, yeah. The new Democrats are all liberals in cities. Why? But the old Democrats of the 60s and 70s were trade union leaders in Chicago, the Midwest, exactly. and the areas where the industrial exactly. belts used to be. They're all gone now. Exactly. The United Auto Worker Unions yeah. that were all oh. part of the 60s and the 70s. Joe Biden Democrats. The let's, Joe Biden's let, are all gone. Uh-huh. Let's just and and exactly. Joe Biden would have probably won this election for exactly. the Democrats, which is why it is looking very bleak for the Congress Party in India and also the Democratic Party here. Now Trump may or may not be there after four years, but the Republican Party is still going strong. Hmm. Hmm. Trump with his all contradictions, unless he co-opts the, uh, the no, deep state. No, and the difference is, Pramod, and this is where people misunderstand. They only look at national leadership, but the Republican governors and states are very strong. Mike Pence is still going strong. Even if Trump gets replaced, Mike Pence is Mike Pence still going strong. vice president. Yeah. status quo, deep state, co-opted uh, Republican president. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. See, the deep state in the United States is so strong. I keep talking about it. It consists of academics. It consists of union leaders. It consists of uh, intellectuals, think tanks, the military, the intelligence. There's like six or seven arms that protect the officers, the presidency. Hmm. You see, whenever even a Republican criticizes somebody who is in the Senate Armed Forces Committee hmm. or something of impo- importance, right? Uh, they all talk about the office of the presidency. Why? The office of presidency is somebody, and even Putin uh, made a joke about oh. that. If even Trump wants to make friendship with uh, Putin, Putin, obviously the first person he has to talk to is the uh, guy wearing the black suit and the briefcase wearing a black goggles, oh. who comes in and says that, look, all that is good during your election cycle. This is all you can do. No further. You can't mess with our policy in Korea. It's already preset. Mm. If we say that we'll have to launch cruise missiles off mm. the coast of uh, Japan, <laughs> you have to press the button. You have no other option. The guy is a dumbbell, uh-huh. right? He has to. He will press the button. Uh, Kim Jong Un is a global problem. Yeah. You know, they have to. They have. Yeah. There's a structure that is yeah. well defined, right? I think the problem is though with the Democrats that first of all they are too divided on what they stand for. Like, are they, kuch, are they uh-huh. you know, half are just, it almost seems like they are all they care about is their audience in TV comedy shows. Ki what Stephen Colbert and Bill Maher think of them. Yeah. You know, they, they are only happy with those that are they're I, I want to make politically correct points. And the second half is... is, the, is their leadership uh-huh. was driven out of Catholic socialism. That is the... the That's a beautiful the, term the you said, Catholic socialism. Yes. The fundamental... Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Almost like an Indira, Indira level thing. That Hindu, socialism. Hindu socialism. Why? <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. exactly. And I used to have a lot of uh, laughs with Chandraswami who just passed away recently. Uh-huh. Uh, about the fundamental... Did you say you had laughs with Chandrasaw? You have to tell more. I will. I will eventually in my <laughs> in book. In due course. In my book. In, in my book in the future. I am just like stating Rajdeep this. Like Rajdeep Sardesai. I am stating this. Because Ted Kennedy was the lion of the Senate, right? Uh-huh. He was the one who championed all of the... Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, who championed a lot of these legislations uh-huh. Were, uh-huh. which were seeking to control the uh, and put a, put a lid on the so-called un, unbridged uh, capitalism that the... Republicans were heralding, right? They don't have such a personality today. And Neither in Senate nor in the... And on a note, in my opinion, the guy who got Reagan elected. Because didn't he stand in a primary against Jimmy Carter? Yeah. And, and, and that is what where you have a very big constituency that is leaderless right now. Hmm. Even if the leader comes from uh, a, let us say, a rust belt, right? 
somewhere within uh, from Nashville, you know, Southern Democrat. Mm. Today, the hope is a Southern Democrat. They have no hope in hell to get somebody from the mm. liberal circles. If you go there, they'll they'll lose to the Repu- uh, to a Republican. Mm-hmm. So it has to be somebody like Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was a Southern Democrat who eschewed conservative values. He's a, he was a Methodist. And he, he taught that, the talk. That's why I use the piece. Exactly. So th- th- this is where they are unable to find a leader. I don't see anybody in the horizon for the next two election cycles coming out of the democratic leadership. Hmm. Neither from from in, in India. Achha. Okay. We are running short of time. So China. Let's quickly talk about China. Huh. China has uh, obviously been rattled with all the relationships uh, Modi has developed with Vietnam, with Myanmar, Myanmar's president and their whole staff is touring India for eight days. Can you believe it? <laughs> Landing directly in Bodh Gaya, where uh, you are, you'll be met with your uh, defense chiefs. Then he'll be going to Bangalore, Bombay. Then he'll meet uh, Ajit Doval and others in Delhi. Mm. Uh, Myanmar is becoming so close to India. China is not even laughing, you know. Uh, it was supposed to be encircling and India. And it's very interesting. After the death of that Naga leader, uh, I f- keep forgetting his name. Uh-huh. You uh, know, Lal Tanwala. Right? No, 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 Japan as it is, is close to India. Hmm. The only country that is left that has to forge a much more deeper relationship with India and it is naturally poised to do so is South Korea. And very interestingly, well, South Korea, but who knows with the American angle, what can happen? But, but you, um, the, India is not backing down. No, it's it China. The, the, I'm for, if they can draw a like, circle, we can draw two circles. It seems like they have called the bluff. I know. And so. the Chinese are, don't have the capability to come that far to uh, claim that one little plateau in near uh, Sikkim, they will mm. back off. Mm. They just need a good way out. You know, what happens with China is, and Chinese are very good, smart people. They should have very good relationships with India, but not not this cunning way. You know, mm. if you want to, don't don't uh, think that we have not read Sun Tzu. Okay? <laughs> we have read, read Sun Tzu thousand years before you wrote Sun Tzu uh. in Chanakya Sarthashastra. But coming back to the main point, if you think that you need some sort of a thing, this is Chinese People Congress that is happening where they'll re-endorse Xi Jinping as a leader. That oh, is what oh, this oh. whole saber rattling is about. Oh, oh. Now they need an honorable way out, Adit. This oh. is what it is. And India has already offered an honorable way out. That let's let's uh, do de-escalation, let, let India also withdraw a little bit because if Sikkim's constitution is written by India. Right, mm-hmm. and second, when when they rejoined India, and now Bhutan, we are the protector of Bhutan. If any external aggression happens, there is no way China has any strategic uh, capability to push that far south and hope that it will win a military victory. <laughs> the only leverage China has on India is Pakistan. Pakistan, oh. okay, and Pakistan is waning out. So it is better that China offers an olive branch or whatever branch you want to offer. Um, and, and Pakistan, interestingly, goes to polls India. next year too. So let's yeah. see what happens there. Anyways, so my advice to India uh, to China is, Chini come. Chini, <laughs> love that term. Love that term. Uh, so, um, uh, Pramod, recommendations this week. This is the hundredth year of the completion of the Russian Revolution. There's a very good documentary on the Russian Revolution in Netflix. I kindly request our uh, listeners to see that uh, documentary. I I have a very interesting recommendations. Uh, I know all of you are going to shoot me for recommending another Netflix thing. But it's a film called Ogja. 
it's a Korean film shot beautifully, Korean American film. Netflix produced that movie actually, yeah. and uh, they talk about uh, saving pigs and it's against corporatization and so forth. And it also makes a sort of a statement for vegetarianism about how these pigs are slaughtered yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But it's a beautiful film and you'll love it. I mean, we I watched it with the family and especially I think you should get your kids to watch it. I will watch yeah. I, my I mean, are asking uh, because it's it's the protagonist is a twelve year old. Yeah. So it's kid friendly, so and so I would recommend don't watch it alone. Watch it with your family. And you know, it talks about some depressing things and stuff, but the tone of the film is so positive and so like you know that the lovely painting that the director paint, paints. So it's 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 a it, Netflix so if you have a big big TV and like stream it in HD on a TV because yeah. on Netflix so that's that's my recommendation and um, and another English film that I watched which was an excellent movie called Wonder Woman mm. uh, so two feminist uh, statements Ogja and Wonder Woman two men talking about uh, feminist movies no, because the reason also I'm saying feminist statements is Wonder Woman, there are some dialogues and stuff that I they do. Yeah, they yeah. are very strong statements because they, it's set in pre-World War One. Oh, I have to say another thing. Very interesting. I saw Wonder Woman in World War One. They showed Indian soldiers in Britain mm -hmm. and stuff. We had 2.5 million soldiers which we, we let Britain win the war. Exactly. And people don't talk about it. So I was in a way... Modi went and paid homage at the grave of certain soldiers who helped liberate... Uh, Haifa and Israel. Huh, so, so, and if you're still wondering uh, why is this, look up the history of India Gate yeah. and you'll know what I'm talking about. But, um, the, so they show Indian soldiers and stuff. They didn't have so many dialogue stuff, but they are departing for war for Britain. Without the Sikh and the Gorkha soldier, Britain would not have. Uh, even so, there are a lot of Sikh war. soldiers shown in exactly. that. So, it is very interesting because it's set in the pre World War One era. But, anyways, uh, watch it and let us know how it is. Till then, from Aditan Pramod, this. This is goodbye. We'll be back next week. Thank you.